Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're in the uh, Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. Kind of a cloudy gray afternoon and kind of cold outside. Glad you're with us. And I hope you enjoy the next hour. We're about to talk to Quentin Bivens, who's one of the new transfers into Southern Miss football. This uh Young man coming to uh, Southern Miss from Ole Miss. We'll be talking to him in just a moment. Heath Hinton joining us a little later in the show for a return appearance this week. And uh, we're going to be talking Southern Miss football with him as well. Uh, Kelly has the Massey ratings for college basketball. And uh, we're getting close to baseball. So there may be a little baseball news as well in the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour and we're proud to have them uh, sponsor our show each and every day. Encourage you, if you want to enjoy a good meal, you can find one seven days a week at Dickey's right here in Hattiesburg. And uh, Dickey's can cater any event for you, large or small. Glad you're with us around the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon or online, wherever you may be tuned in. Quentin Bivens is a young man from Waynesboro, Mississippi. Played at Wayne County High School. Uh, just finished his second year as a defensive tackle at Ole Miss. And one of five uh, SEC football players who have transferred uh, to Southern Miss here in the last few days. And we're happy to welcome him to the Eagle Hour. Quentin, uh, first of all, welcome to Southern Miss and uh, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Well, give me give us our, our listening audits, if you will, the, the kind of scenario, how this, uh, how this uh, transpired. You decided uh, to change schools. How was it that uh, you were you were reached out to or – or you reached out to the Southern Miss staff. Exactly how did this go down, Quentin? Uh, well, things didn't go the way I wanted to go at Ole Miss, you know. So, like, I entered the portal. Like, a bunch of schools just hit me up. And just Southern Miss was just, like, is at home. Plus, they got there. They got some good coaches here. So, you were impressed by the coaches, I gather, that you must have talked to. Yes, sir. Now, you're a Wayne County kid, so uh, you're going to be a lot closer to home, and uh, I guess uh, that, that I guess that had some appeal to it uh, and the opportunity, perhaps, for your family to see you play. Um, I mean, my family was going to come see me play well, well I think. So, like, uh, being close to home, it was, really, it was a big factor, but, like, it, why not come home? So, it was good. Right. You're one of five uh, five kids that have transferred uh, from Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas to Southern Miss, and there's a lot of excitement here that especially you guys, you linemen, are really going to provide a real boost defensively uh, to the Golden Eagles. Uh, I, I, I guess you would agree. I mean, you know, you've got another teammate coming here from Ole Miss. you got a couple guys from State and Arkansas. should make a big impact. Yes, sir. It should be a big impact. 
just got to work hard and get our minds right. You talked to Coach Lacey, Brandon Lacey, uh, the defensive line coach at Southern Miss, and he had a lot to do with, with bringing some of these guys in. Was there anything magical that he said, Quentin, that, that sold you on, on Southern Miss? Uh, no, sir. It was just the connection. Like It just felt like he wanted me to be here real bad. So but it's, that's all it matters, like connection you have with people. Like all coaches are gonna say the same, but like he just built a better bond with me. And what you're coming out of Wayne County, as Bob mentioned, and Wayne County has produced some great football players all over the years. Uh, tradition at Wayne County, uh, I'm sure, had a lot to do with the way that you progressed. Have you even playing youth football? Were you always a lineman? Tell us about your youth coming up and playing football. Uh, coming up playing football, yes, I was always a defensive lineman. Uh, I just try to. Work hard, go to camps. Uh, glad that I found a home in the SEC. And and when you said that that it didn't work out the way you wanted to, I don't want to throw anybody or any anything under the bus necessarily. But was it was it just a matter of of playing time, or what? What was the biggest problem you had with the situation you were in? Um, it just connection with coaches. You know, I, it was like my third coaching staff up there, and like things just wasn't like. They didn't recruit me coming out of high school, so like it was just hard, you know what I'm saying. So like, I just want to find a better home for me. Yeah, that that's got to be a little difficult, Bob, when you come from three different three different coaches. Right. And again, right. the point that he makes about not being recruited by those guys, so they so an athlete doesn't really know whether the coaches want him there or not. Yeah. You know, if that, they didn't recruit a, him, that's a tough thing, is it, it Quentin? And we see that a lot in college athletics. So you're on the team. New coaches come in, and like you say, they're not the coaches that recruited you to the school to begin with. And I would bet that that transition is difficult. In my heavens, three times, uh, three times in two years is is not a good scenario. No, sir, it's not. And and going working forward now, you're going to enroll in school in the spring. Tell us what you what you're going to study and and how you plan to hit the ground running when it comes to spring drills, Quinn. Uh, I plan on studying sports recreation, and my plans are like getting stronger, uh, just working on my craft, and just working hard for the spring, for spring ball, and just going taking over the summer and fall count with it. Yeah. What, what do you What do you think are, are the strengths of your game, and what are some things that you want to work on that you that you feel like individually you need to get better at? My strengths of the game. Um. My strength is how smart I am. I, I can get things down fast, um, physical, things I need to work on, probably my pad level. Like like anybody in the – like any college football player or anybody, pad level one of the main things I need to work on. Are you, would you consider yourself a better pass rusher or a, uh, a, a, a run stopper? Um, I'm pretty balanced. And and what's the what's the key to, to those different styles of play? Being a, a run stopper and a pass rusher, because some guys are known as you know run stoppers or or pass rushers. Or a run stopper, you just gotta maintain your gap and just don't have so just don't be looking at the backfield so much. Like you gotta have maintain your gap. <laughs> Hey, Quentin, I want, I want to bring up a couple things before we let you go. Uh, you said you're going to be enrolled in school and in spring football, and you said something about being smart, and clearly you are. You were on the athletic director's honor roll uh, in the fall of 2020 and the spring of 2021 at Ole Miss. So uh, 
you're a young man that takes your academics and your classwork apparently as serious as you do uh, your on-field football play. Yes, sir, I do. Well, and that's that's commendable. That is commendable uh, for you, and uh, that is exactly the kind of kid we want here. And, and Quentin, I just want to kind of put you on the spot here. If it, it, it's every guy's dream to be in the NFL, right? So if you if you had to pick either the Washington football team or the Cincinnati Bengals. Careful here, Quint. Careful. <laughs> Which team now, w- would you want to play for? Now, there's a, there is a young man from Wayne County that played for the Redskins. You do realize that, right? I know, but I, I'll probably have to go with the Cincinnati. Come on, Quentin. Come on now. <laughs> see, comic, Quentin. see, Bob, that just shows you how smart the young man really is. He wants to get on the Bengal bandwagon right, right now. Hey, one last thing, Quentin. I pulled up your bio on the Ole Miss uh, website, and there's a picture of you there, and you were clearly being held by a player from Memphis. Are you aware of that? I mean, he's just got your entire jersey in his left fist. <laughs> yes, sir. I believe that was my freshman year, my first sack. <laughs> His first sack, he still got by the guy. All right, Quentin, I'm pretty disappointed in that answer about the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, nevertheless, we're glad to have you here, and uh, we hope you have a great career and a great time at Southern Miss, young man. And I think I'm pretty smart, Bob, but who's the, the Wayne County guy that played for Washington you're talking about? You know, his name slips. Quentin, do you know who I'm talking about? His name slips my mind. He was actually on the show a few years ago. He played at Ole Miss as well. Okay. Uh, was it Jarrell Polk? Yes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. He signed a mug for me, Kelly Sanders, in my office. If you'd like to go see it. Yeah, and Jarrell. I mean, he and he had just stopped playing when he was here. You know, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We'll that's right. him. All right, Quentin. Uh, well, maybe you'll change your mind about the Bengals after they get slaughtered this weekend by hey. uh, by uh, the Raiders. Uh, but at any rate, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour, and uh, welcome to Southern Miss, young man. You're gonna look good in black and gold. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. All right. Quentin Bivens, everybody. Soft-spoken. This jumps out at me. He's an honor roll student. This kid's an honor roll student at Ole Miss. And, uh... And you know, we, you know, we that talk, just says everything. When when Tay Hardy came onto the basketball team, you remember he was a four point student at Pearl River in computer engineering. Correct. <laughs> so, lots of times, you know, you look at, at athletes of whatever sport, you know, and you think, well, those guys are just there. You yeah. know, they're just the only, the only thing that would make me question his his. Uh, level of understanding is the answer to that question. I mean, why would any young man want to go play for a, a team that wears uniforms as hideous as the Cincinnati Bengals? Th- three words, Super Bowl contender. Oh, please. <laughs> add, the, add that fourth word, please. <laughs> well, and look, next year could be completely different. You know yeah. how the NFL is. But. Super Bowl contender. <laughs> well, for now, today oh, they God. are. You know, But, man, isn't it great that we're getting these – I mean, not, not that there was anything wrong with the guys we had coming in anyway, but you know that – Obviously, if these guys are coming in from the from the SEC, man. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Quentin Bivens. We'll talk to Heath Hinton about these transfers and the impact it could have on Southern Miss football next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Quentin Bivens for joining us over in Wayne County, newest member of the Southern Miss football team. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Uh, I'm sure Quentin has some Southern Miss swag already, but uh, if he doesn't, he can sure find some. Even uh, for kids 6'3", 305, they've got something to fit him at uh, Campus Bookmark. You can shop them online at campusbookmark.net, and we hope that you will. But, Bob, can we can we point out, though, that Quentin Bivens' 305 is a little different than yours. Yeah, looks, yes, looks yes, a, a, little, little, a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Hinton, the proprietor of Big Gold Nation, makes an extra appearance on the Eagle Hour for us today. Uh, Patrick McGee's a little under the weather. Patrick, uh, we hope, will be back with us tomorrow. But always glad to have Heath. And, uh, Heath, we just got through interviewing Quentin Bivens, and he's one of four uh, linemen that have transferred to Southern Miss from SEC schools, I believe a safety as well. Uh, Quentin played in uh, Waynesboro at Wayne County High School two years at Ole Miss, and you say he is an NFL caliber type of defensive lineman. I, when you watch film on him, guys, uh, yeah, he has – you just watch him. He's, he's, he's physical, he's fast, uh, and it's fine, I do believe um, – He's kind of one of those guys you look at and you go, yeah, you could see him playing at the next level uh, just because of his talent. Uh, and it, it's clear and obvious. So, uh, yeah, he was a, he's a pretty solid get for the Southern Miss coaches going forward, especially in this uh, transfer. You know, I, I'm, I'm myself, I'm calling it the uh, transfer recruiting cycle instead of just the uh, recruiting, I call it first recruiting period and this one the transfer cycle. Because that's what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of five kids, uh, two from Ole Miss, two from State, one from Arkansas. Four of these uh, guys are linemen, and one is a safety. Just on paper, you would have to think that this could have a big impact on the football team. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Uh, a lot of people were talking about uh, Southern Miss need to get a quarterback, this and that, but the game is won and lost in the trenches. Right. And uh, if you got dominant defense, uh, you know, your offense doesn't have to be spectacular. And you're looking at this team now, it seems like they're really building the front seven. Uh, you got Dalen Gill coming in, Gill coming in, a linebacker. He's going to be solid. Clemens, another defensive end they got coming in. I mean, just look down the list of players. Uh, they've got one scholarship left. I think they'll probably go after an offensive lineman. And uh, you know, that's it. The game's won and lost in the trenches. So where do you uh, get needs? You get needs in the trenches. And I think they're doing a good job of filling those needs. Here's the other thing I think, Bob and, and, and Heath, that I want you guys to maybe comment on. When you have five guys coming in from that conference that just won the national championship, if if guys weren't serious about the expectations at practice and what is going now to be expected as far as practice intensity and to step up their game a level, they better get the message now because guys from that conference don't play around. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that, that the existing players did play around, but I'm just saying this kind of sets the stage for a whole new expectation. Reasonable? No, there's no question about that. You know, Heath, I think what struck me – I tuned in for the fourth quarter of the championship game the other night, and uh, what struck me was the physical appearance of the defensive lines for both Georgia and Alabama. 
it was like another world from uh, what you see in a group of five largely teams. And so here you got four guys of this size and bulk coming in, uh, you know, to this program here. There's just no way in the world if they're anything remotely like what I saw on Alabama and Georgia. And I'm not saying that that Ole Miss and Arkansas had defensive lines equal to Alabama and Georgia. But if you're even in the same ballpark, I mean, you're you're bringing some some men into the middle of your defensive uh, front seven. You're bringing some men. You're also bringing some guys that were highly sought after in high school that were uh, in junior college that are SEC uh, signees, and you're bringing those guys in. But you're right. I mean, the SEC is always, to me, the biggest difference. It's not been really the skill position. Everybody has got speed. It's always been the size and depth on their offensive and defensive line. That's where the SEC dominates people when you watch them play, especially other conferences. And I think uh, Coach Hall and them, they want to look and use the transfer portal to get your team better. And there's no way to get better than go out and, and get SEC caliber right. offensive and defensive linemen, bring them in, and uh, that's a pretty good move. As I said, guys, the game's won and lost, and the ball snaps. If you can't block, we've seen what can happen last year. But if you can block and you can, you know, <laughs> yeah, we sure did, didn't we? Driving off the linebackers, <laughs> you can win a lot. Uh, is it fair to say though that that the two defensive lines I'm referencing, Alabama, Georgia probably at another level than the other SEC teams. Not to oh, yeah. say the others aren't very good. They are, but not not at the level of, of what we saw Monday night. Well, last, well, I mean, you look at the Alabama's defensive front, they're all four and five stars. I mean, one local kid, uh, Young, played, started that game, played a lot. So, yeah, you're talking depth and size on defensive lines. They're just – and Georgia – Georgia may have the best defensive line in the country, and they're all you got defensive ends two hundred seventy five pounds. Yeah, and and essentially, I mean that's ridiculous. And essentially, they are NFL players. In in four or five yeah. months, they are going to be NFL Correct. players. Correct. A lot of these guys. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. You know, absolutely. So that's right. Okay, so on a scale of one to ten, how much improvement you think we'll see in the football team? On offense and defensive line, and I guess particularly defensive line, because that's where all these kids, the, the four of the five, I believe I'm right, all are defensive linemen. Uh, defensive line, uh, I mean, if you just look at it, you just look at the intangibles, you can't think, but it, it has to get better, especially with as good a coach as you have and Armstrong uh, coaching on that side of the ball and, and his staff. So it's going to get better. You look at the offense. We got a new offensive line coach coming in. He's very well known as a really solid uh, builder of offensive lines and uh, a guy that can come in and develop players. So uh, he obviously saw some guys that put in his head that he looked at and said, hey, that guy, I can do something with him. I can do something with these guys. And maybe he sees something that nobody else does. And if they get a couple offensive linemen to add, you can't help but say that, yeah, it's going to add and uh, – make the offensive line better. Now, once again, we'll have to wait for the spring to see if this actually works to make things better. But you have to believe that the coaches know what they're doing and bringing these type of guys in only going to make things better. These are guys that look like they can be plug-and-play guys. They're not going to have to sit out. So uh, that's the one good thing about transfer portal. If you get them in, they've got experience somewhere, so you don't have to sit them out and uh, 
you know, kind of get them ready to play. They should already be ready to play once they get on campus. Right. And, and what are the chances? Uh, how easy is it to convert a kid that's played defensive line, perhaps to offensive line? Oh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you're talking a totally different skill set. You're talking a, uh, most times offensive linemen are a little bigger. It's just a totally different game, and you got to swap that over. It's happened before, but it's really difficult, especially when a, a guy's been practicing that for a couple of years to come in and say, I'm going to swap over the offensive line. It's a difference. I mean, it's, seriously, it's a different steps. It's, it's totally different style of football that a kid used to play and probably since he was in high school uh, playing defense. So it's a lot different. It's not so easy to just turn one over and say, hey, I want you to do this. Great athletes, smart kids, sure, they can do it, but it's not easy and not everybody can do it. And when you look at the guys that are being transferred in, and to, to break this down to a really elementary level, because that's all I really know football at is at the elementary level, it seems like, Keith, we're almost – we, meaning Southern Miss, were almost top-heavy defensively. A lot of the guys that are coming in are, are defensive guys, and the defense was pretty decent this year for Southern Miss. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, Coach Armstrong, what he did this past season with the defense, uh, Southern Miss defense is good enough to win a lot of games. Add these guys to it, you look at what they can do, you look at their, you know, just look at their raw abilities, and you have to say, wow, this defense could could be special Uh going forward. So, hey, I think it was a good move. As I said, you know, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have a juggernaut of an offense if you can hold teams to, you know, a couple of touchdowns a game. No, but, maybe that's the thinking. They went out and saw the portal and they saw these defensive guys and said, hey, wait a minute. We can win controlling the ball and playing really solid defense this year instead of having, you know, 35, 40 points a game. But offense sells tickets, though. We'll all acknowledge that. The defense does indeed win you, you know, the big games. But, but it doesn't hurt to have you know, uh, an offense like Larry Fedora put on the field you know, years ago. And, I mean, it sells tickets. I mean, it's, you gotta... No, but Jeff Bauer won a lot of conference championships running the ball and playing good defense. Yeah, and so, I, I, I mean, think right now great. winning would just sell some tickets. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter how you win, just as long as that scoreboard has you. Ahead. Damn, give me seven or eight wins a year. I don't care. We win on special teams. I don't care. Just to get us get us back in the bowl hunt. Get us back in the conference championship hunt. If defense has to do it, then so be it. All right, Heath. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Heath Hinton, everybody. Thank you guys, a blessing, guys. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Basketball's next on the Eagle Hour. Kelly has the Massey ratings. <laughs> We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. This segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We talk about them every day, but we really like those guys. Great lunch uh, Monday through Friday if you're in the market for that. Great food at night and uh, always have the big game on the TV at the 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place to meet your friends 
and have a good time. I want to uh, thank our guest, Heath Hinton, for stepping in uh, and joining us uh, in the last segment as well. And uh, we're going to switch gears here for just a moment. And uh, we spent the first half of the show talking uh, primarily about the football, but we've got some basketball games coming up, Kelly. And uh, you always go through the Massey ratings for basketball all through Conference USA. And of course, uh, our home teams. Uh, let's hear the latest. Well, you know, there's always. I think all of us have a little bit of nerd in us. You know that we liked the numbers, and and this is all kind of for for entertainment purposes. However, it's based on a lot of scientific data. How's that? A lot <laughs> of scientific data that goes into this, and that's how the Massey ratings uh, are determined. And of course, there are uh, three hundred and seventy-eight, or three. No, excuse me, three hundred and fifty-eight. Uh, teams that put college basketball teams on the floor. Let's start with the men's side. UAB is the number one team in Conference USA, according to the Massey ratings. They come in 63rd out of those out of those 358 teams. North Texas is deemed to be the second best team in the league with, at a 91 ranking. At 101 is Louisiana Tech. That's important to note because that's who the Eagles will face in Ruston on Thursday, and then. The Bulldogs come back to Hattiesburg for a Sunday afternoon game at 2 o'clock. 117 is Western Kentucky. Southern Miss was supposed to play Western Kentucky. That was one of the games that was dropped because of COVID a little bit earlier. That game was scheduled for Hattiesburg. Middle Tennessee at 148. Rice at 157. Charlotte at 161. UTEP at 166. Now, statistically, those are all in the top half of the country. Okay? Because uh, 178 is the, is the middle, the breaking point. And UTEP at 166. A couple of things that jump out about those top three, UAB, North Texas, and La Tech. Unfortunately for the Eagles, they're all on the western side of the ledger, Conference USA. Rounding out Conference USA, and these would be the lower half teams in the country, Old Dominion at 198, Marshall at 201. Marshall was another game that was canceled because of COVID uh, in Hattiesburg earlier. No word yet on, on a makeup date, although we anticipate having those soon. Marshall at 201. Florida Atlantic at 205, FIU at 218, and then according to the Massey ratings and the 358 teams, Southern Miss at 303, and UTSA at 308, which that is reflected by virtue of Southern Miss beating uh, UT San Antonio last week in San Antonio, and as Jay Ladner mentions, first time a Southern Miss team had gone to San Antonio and won. Now, the Massey ratings gets so detailed that with all the data that they input, the computer and so on and so forth, they actually spit out percentages of your chance of winning your next game and by the point spread, all right? So the Eagles are scheduled to play tomorrow night at Ruston. According to the Massey ratings, the Eagles have an 8% chance of winning that game. 8% chance of winning. And according to the Masseys, LaTeX will win by 14 points. All right, now, you think, how does that compare to Sunday when Tech comes back to Hattiesburg? Southern Miss's odds of winning increase. Couldn't go much lower than 8% right, but they increase to 18%. And they still have La Tech winning by 9 on Sunday in Hattiesburg. Again, kind of just for entertainment purposes. But when you look at, when you look at the rest of the schedule for Southern Miss... The Massey rating's not showing a lot of love to the Eagles. In fact, in their percentage of wins, the only team that Southern Miss is favored to, to beat the rest of the entire regular season 
is UTSA when the Roadrunners come back here on February 17th. And the Eagles have a 53% chance of winning that game, according to, to the Masseys. Now, on the women's side, the conference breaks up about the same. More than half of the teams are in the upper half of the nation. Middle Tennessee on the women's side leads the way, followed by Old Dominion. North Texas is third at 119. 126 is Charlotte. 127 is UTEP. 133 is Rice. Western Kentucky's 151. And Marshall at 166. Those are all in the top half of the nation, national numbers. Then the bottom half comes Louisiana Tech at 188, UAB at 215, Southern Miss at 231, FAU at 238, FIU at 245, UTSA at 279. None of the women's teams are in the 300 ranges. All right, so from a conference standpoint, the Masseys say the women's, the women's competition, it's a better league on, on the women's side of the ledger. Now, where the men of Southern Miss are only favored to win one more game, and that's the UTSA game on February 17th, the Lady Eagles are favored to win in four of their remaining games, which is still not where Joy Lee McNellis would like to have it, and they are 9-5, and five, but they're favored to win in four of the remaining games, but the statistical edges are a lot closer. So that's the way it breaks down. And for baseball fans, you know, who's starting to... One quick note about basketball is that Southern Miss just beat Louisiana Tech, and yet they're ranked below them. On the women's side. Correct. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, But now, uh, interestingly, you know, they're going to play here on Thursday night, and Louisiana Tech, according to the Masseys, will will win that game. So we'll we'll see how that... Yeah, we'll see how it works out. And, And we can talk more about this in just a second. But in baseball, the first Massey ratings are out. Mississippi State is ranked 8th in the Massey ratings. Ole Miss is ranked 20th. And the Golden Eagles, 30th in the nation. All three very solid rankings to start the season. And we'll be updating you on upward progress, downward progress, and all this as, as the year goes on. So that's, that's a look at this week's Massey ratings, Bob, as we break them down from top to bottom. It's a baseball state, brother. So we talk about it all the time, but when you have three, your three Division One teams are consistently ranked, in this case in the top 30, more often than not in the top 25, it just says, boy, it's just hard to describe how good baseball is in this state. But you'd think, you would think that with Mississippi State being the national champion, the, the convenient thing for any rating service to do would be to make Mississippi State <clears throat> number one, you know, going into the season, kind of the, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. But according to the Masseys, Mississippi State going into the season is only eighth uh, best. And we should so. also point out that this all means absolutely nothing. Correct. Right. Oh yeah, this is all this is all all just for fun. But uh, I like to keep up with them too to see it's it's amazing how close they come on these things. You, you know, you think it's all arbitrary and that that the games are played by humans, they're officiated by humans, and a lot of things can go wrong. But when the smoke clears, it is amazing mm-hmm. how close. They are on these. Did you break down spreads. the conference USA baseball teams? I did not, but but you're a step ahead of me, Bob. We'll have that for folks tomorrow who are big baseball fans. We'll break down how conference USA and this, of course, could be the swan song for uh, yeah. for conference USA. If you look at the president's hat the other night, you would think it is. <laughs> I was going to ask Keith Hinton about that if he read anything into that about uh, President Rodney Quite Bennett. Interesting, wasn't it? Wearing the Sun Belt Conference hat to the the national uh, championship game. 
A so. uh, little, little bit of news for women's basketball. The UTEP game that Kelly mentioned earlier, which was uh, postponed because of COVID, has been rescheduled for January 17th. That'll be here at Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, the Lady Eagles play host Louisiana Tech tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. The men play tomorrow night uh, at, am I right about that, at Louisiana Tech. Correct. And then Sunday, they're back uh, at Reed Green to play uh, Louisiana Tech on Sunday. We're gonna. There's just gonna be a whole lot of Louisiana Tech to get out of. Three our of the system four games week. against Louisiana. It's almost like baseball season. Deja vu all over again. Yeah, and when you look on the men's side, Louisiana Tech is ranked one of the top three teams in the league right, right. now. So uh, you know, consistently a, a a team in Conference USA that's just put tremendously good basketball teams on the floor is UAB. And I don't know. I, I just speak for myself. Maybe most of our listeners would disagree. I don't know, but. I really regret that that series is going to end. I hope that they can find some midweek baseball to play, perhaps uh, schedule some basketball and uh, and continue to compete against UAB. And and don't you know don't misunderstand when we say this. Anytime like the Sun Belt, the evolution of the Sun Belt, and we talked about how Louisiana Tech perhaps was left out because of some bad feelings between Lafayette and Monroe. Look, don't think that UAB wasn't talked about between Troy. And South Al. Oh, you know. Right? I mean, certainly. They you they know. they had something to say about that. No, we don't want UAB. Yeah. And, of course, UAB's headed to the AAC you know, anyway, so UAB may not have been interested. But now you see, with Rich Rodriguez becoming the head coach at Jacksonville State in Alabama, now I think you're going to start seeing Jacksonville State naturally start to take more of the spotlight. That's a school that you should really watch when it comes to evolution of conferences in the next five to ten years because I think Jacksonville State, there's going to be a real push in Alabama to get Jacksonville State up there with the Troys and the South Owls. They're never going to get their the, – the school in Tuscaloosa is never going to let any of those schools, right, or Auburn, get anywhere near their prominence. But I think you're going to start seeing Jacksonville State be more – in the limelight going going forward. All right, last segment of Eagle Hour next. Hope you'll stick around. We'll be right back. To the top. D1, D-Bat, great place to go if you want to get in shape uh, for the sport of your choice. If you're an adult, they do that on the uh, D1 training side. If you uh, are a baseball or softball player, or maybe a child in your family is one of the two, well, then D-Bat is the place for you to send them. It's a state-of-the-art facility. It's located on Hardy Street. They've got a program for every athlete of every age and every size, and we hope that uh, you'll give them a look. D1 and D-Bat on Hardy Street. Kelly told me a very sad story, actually, during the break. It was back when he was a child. Back in 1966, you were telling me your parents moved and uh, and you couldn't find them until 1968? Yeah, 1968 I found them. 
Um, Were they, they surprised to see you? I'd say disappointed. Was disappointed. Was, yeah. was more yeah. than. Um, but you know, that's everybody's got their their crosses to bear, Bob. You know, and I don't. Hmm. Too long the years. I, I, I kept I kept them pretty close. They hid pretty well, didn't they? <laughs> God bless them. They, they tried. <laughs> kind of like the old dog. I'm going to find, find my way back home somehow. Yeah. But, uh, uh, track and field starts uh, to, well Friday. Uh, they'll be at the Blazer Invitational over in Birmingham. We had John Stewart on the show earlier this week. And it's going to be a little different uh, start to the season for the women's track athletes, Kelly, because they're going to. They're going to be poked out a little bit because they, you know, this is their first appearance as the defending indoor conference USA champions. So I think that gives them a little incentive and also puts a bit of a target on their back, huh? Oh, well, that's where every coach wants to be, right? They want to be the hunted. They don't, they don't want to be the hunters. The men's tennis team was scheduled to go to Belmont in uh, Nashville, but that has been canceled because here comes COVID again, you know, rearing its, uh, its, its ugly head. So uh, the men's tennis team will will be delayed. And then after we talked about this, uh, the game with the men uh, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, they will play La Tech. And then they go right back on the road again, Bob, to have to take on uh, Middle Tennessee. The women's basketball game that you talked about with UTEP, the reschedule uh, of the game will be played on January 17th. That's a one o'clock in the afternoon start. And is that a Monday? That's a Monday. Yeah, yeah Monday the 17th at one o'clock start. It's actually, a Mar- that's Martin Luther King's it is. Holiday, it yeah. is the Martin, and that's why the one o'clock start, uh, and also because UTEP has so far to go, so they can get back, you know, at a reasonable time. The students, I think, classes at Southern Miss start on Wednesday the nineteenth for the spring semester. So everybody kind of getting back into rare and ready to go here for the spring semester. Right. So um, good luck to the track and field team. Uh, Coach John Stewart just done, I think, a remarkable job uh, there. A little surprised the other day though when he said the men's team is not fully funded with scholarships and you know they've they've had two or three young men place in the national finals in the last few years well and that's the the idea is to hopefully become so prominent that you that you can flex that muscle and say look we deserve well yeah you know, i some, think they do now i would think so too but it's, we have beach volleyball yes we do uh southern miss does uh, but there's, you know, you have to have equal number of sports and equal number of athletes for for. Let me repeat what I just said. We, we've had two or three young men place in the national finals of track and field in the last three years, I believe. That program is not fully funded, but we have a fully funded beach volleyball program. Yes. <laughs> I, I know you want me to go further than that, but I. <laughs> I'm not going to because employment has its its value. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's the way it goes, you know. Sometimes, but th- you know, this spring, I think, Bob, I think spring football to me uh, normally is it's it's not a, not a big interest to me. Spring football, right? Because sometimes you know the focus is on the baseball team usually at that point. But I think this spring is going to be probably the most important spring drill for spring practices for a Southern Miss football team in a long time with the injection of these players. And we're going to have another one on tomorrow uh, who transferred in from, from Alabama. Uh, Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, I'm sorry. Yeah, Arkansas. Um, but to see how the defense is, is I don't want to say redesigned, but how these players are going to fit in you know, that scheme, 
I think this defense has a chance to and, – and I'll be the first one to say that I think the phrase nasty bunch has been misused. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Uh, completely. Yeah. That, that, I mean, we, we saw the nasty bunch. We right. saw, But I think with the infusion of some of these players coming in, this new group going forward – has a chance to be really, really special and really good. Yeah, I've always assumed that the people currently that use Nasty Bunch are not old enough to have seen the real Nasty Bunch. Fair enough. They have. They, that has to be the scenario. But then again, not many people are as old <laughs> as right. you In and fact, I are. I'll tell you this real quickly. I, I told my wife this when I got home. I was going home today. I heard a song on satellite radio. Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, Mm -hmm. and it brought back wonderful memories of uh, the days of the real Nasty Bunch, and as teams would be warming up in the rock, they would pipe that song through, Another One Bites the Dust. You knew it was true. The USM Golden Eagles knew it was true, and the visiting team knew it was true that another one was about to bite the dust. So maybe we get back there one day. And win, lose, or draw, you would hear the coaches from the other teams in post-game press conferences say, look... We might have scored more points than Southern Miss, or maybe we didn't. One thing we know for sure, they were here, and they put a lick on you. They were not yeah. afraid of anything. And they didn't say that much uh, at the Rock, because uh, not too many teams came in here and won games True. Uh, at the Rock. Maybe we get back there one day. Let's hope so. Yeah. I think we're on the way. We'll be back tomorrow, that's for sure. One o'clock, uh, same channel. Hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.